0: Million Dollar Agent, Pup, John McGrath, Tom Panos, with Troy Malcolm here. Very excited. Good to be here.
1: What episode's this, Troy? It's got to be 70, hasn't it? 60... 69, 70? Late 60s. Late 60s? Okay, okay. And they said we wouldn't last
0: amazing like we've delivered <laughs> incredible value this has been outstanding value and i'm pleased to say that we are extremely close to finalizing our agreement which will hopefully be able to announce our second big sponsor so we're going to have wow. our two big sponsors we've right gone from none to 2 Maybe, maybe. Oh well, good. I'll wait to hear. Okay, so uh, we were just talking, just going on there. This is uh, the week that um, the Apple uh, Watch got launched. Yeah. A few agents have been talking to me about it. Yeah, John, what's your feeling? What's your? your, your well, I don't wear feeling? a watch.
1: I don't wear a watch, but obviously I've got all the apps I need on my phone. It's interesting when it first was announced. I thought, is it a bit gimmicky? You know, it's kind of a bit, you know, Jetsons Maxwell Smart type of stuff and. I just think I can get everything I want on my phone. My phone's never more than a foot away from me other than, you know, sleep at night type of thing. And I'm just... I'll I'll be interested to see how it sells because I think you could mount an argument to say that anything you need on your phone gives you a bigger screen. Nowadays, I've got the 6 Plus. You've got a bigger screen. Mm. You don't have to have it on you 24-7. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, Apple, I think it's a genius company. Genius company. Have, Have they ever launched anything that wasn't a hit? I don't think they have, but I do remember seeing a, a really interesting um, technology speech and a guy came up with, and he said, "Yeah, you know, look at all these companies. They're companies you have never heard of. And he said, you know, do you think they've been successful? And everyone shook their head and said, we've never heard of them. He said, well, they were all started by Google and they were closed because they were unsuccessful. So he, his, his actual point and moral of his story was there are a lot of big companies that start a lot of things that you never hear about because they don't succeed. Apple, I think, though, they, they do so many or so so few th- new things yeah when they really uh, launch one it normally is successful but you know the watch is yeah it's probably on the fringe Troy yeah i agree it's um it's an interesting time i think it's never been a better time to be a developer in that app space yeah i saw an article last week truly Zillow. Yeah. they've just launched or going through the process of launching their watch app on, on Apple? On Apple. Okay. So they're all the developers. I think, I think Domain re- might be doing the same thing. Yeah. And
0: realestate.com. Both, in fact, um, in a Fairfax publication they on, on the weekend, they did say Domain and REA are one of the uh, first
1: 10 apps
0: that are on the Apple
1: um Well, I mean, watch. interestingly, I think Domain and REA, and Trulia and Zillow, Trillia, you just mentioned, but Domain and REA are amongst the best real estate websites in the world. Not mm-hmm. the fact that they're just Australian, but mm-hmm. that they are both. And, I've, you know, Tom, you and I both... Have a look at what's happening overseas in different markets, and and our two major portals, I think, are, are amongst the best on the planet. So, not yeah. surprising, they're early adopters of the yeah. of the watch. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, are you going to get one, uh,
0: John? I'm I, I'm waiting to get about ten people get them, and then find out get what they feedback. say, and make up my mind. I saw a girl at the gym had one on Sunday. I looked at her. Um, I asked her do you need your mobile phone near you to actually have a lot of the features work? Like Bluetooth sort of thing? Yeah. yeah, and she said, yeah. I said, how far away does the phone have to be? So to me, the issue is if you've oh, got... really? It, I didn't yeah. really. I thought it just picked it up like a phone would. No, I think... 3G or something. No, you need to... It, it works off your mobile phone. Wow. So um, we'll just see it playing out, but let's get into our Q and As. This is the favourite. Q&As. This is this should be called the Ask John McGrath, like Ask James Altucher. You love the Q and As, don't I you, love Johnny? It.
1: I love Well, you know they're real, and and I can hear the person and their pain or their curiosity coming through each question. Um, so that's good. No, I'm looking forward. So, well, what was the first one? Okay, uh,
0: and just before we go on to it, I just like it might not happen again this year. Tigers won rabbits lost, oh. roosters lost, winners are grinners. Let's move on to the I first can't question. I can with that. Let's okay. keep going. I'm working with my office in um, Tassie, outside my farm area, 10 minutes away. I'm competing against other agents who offices are in my area and have lost a couple of listings as the owners have said, if only your office was in the area, how do I convince them To overcome this objection, so this this one's a good one. This one fits in well with the McGrath model because McGraths
1: don't have an office on every street corner. Well, in fact, our model is is quite the different from many other groups. It's it's a regional model. So you're right, Tom. In most instances, most of our agents, and this amongst the best in Australia, are travelling not only 10 minutes but sometimes 30 minutes. I know Phil Chalimi on the Gold Coast, who's probably listening. Phil travels about 30 minutes from our Broadbeach office to his Hope Island market area. So. Um, I think the first thing you've got to know is it's actually not a disadvantage. And if you know that yourself, you can sell it confidently. Um, Nowadays, things have changed. And, you know, let's call it the old days, which is kind of a decade or more ago. You actually probably, there was some value in having an office locally because we didn't have as good quality mobile technology and coverage. We didn't have, you know, the same uh, ability to have things like tablets, um, be connected the way we are. And if you go back further again, there was a point where there was no air conditioning in cars, so it was impractical to travel more than 20 minutes for a business person. Yeah. Life has changed. So nowadays, that's number one, is it's, it's now possible. Number two is we actually see it as an advantage. So for whoever's written the question, um, I think you've got to actually switch it from trying to be concerned about being a disadvantage. We see the advantage. We think nowadays, Tom, buyers look not just in suburbs, they look in regions. They have, because of things like the internet, they're now much wider in their vision about, it's not just, in the olden days, you know, you're born in Manly, you're born in Manly, you lived in Manly, you died in Manly, or any other suburbs around Australia. Nowadays, people are more mobile. So, we say to clients, you know, we think the new way of looking in real estate is via the internet, not via shop windows. We know from a mobile standpoint we can cover cover much bigger territory which allows us to introduce buyers yeah. from adjoining and out of area yeah. suburbs and bring them in. Yeah. So you can choose to just work with someone who is local and they probably have a local catchment within a few kilometres of your property or you can choose to deal with someone that we think is the modern way of selling real estate which is a regional approach which yeah. actually captures buyers from a much wider area and of yeah. course via the internet could be from anywhere but even local buyers. So. I think, you know, whoever wrote the question, first thing is you've got to actually realise and sell yourself, convince yourself it's not a disadvantage, then you need to have a couple of things. Obviously, we never disparage other agents, but I think you can say we think the modern way of selling real estate is taking a regional approach. Yeah. And that one sentence often shifts a paradigm, and all of a sudden, the people they thought were an advantage, they might start sounding or looking old-fashioned. That would be my Absolutely, opinion. and I've seen, John, plenty of
0: templates and pie charts and evidence-based graphs that good trusted advisor agents can sit there and create the evidence to a vendor and say well let's just have a look at our last 20 sales let's identify the buyers of each of these properties and work out percentages that come from online how many of them are coming from you know other sources signboards and that and if you can clearly illustrate that there is very few people that walk into a real estate office I pretty think that you've got a good story there that is evidence-based. But on your point, I think that first you must believe it before yeah. you go off and sell it. Because if you're rocking up to a presentation thinking, I'm on the back foot here because I'm out of the area, it'll exactly. be exactly Exactly. That's very good. Okay, hopefully that helped. Okay, let's move on to another question here, which has come from uh, actually... I met a guy at your opening of Manly, and I've noticed that he sent a, a question in. He's uh, David
1: Rothschild. Oh, genius. He sent in a question. One of the best agents I've met in my life. Just joined us, actually. He was with LJ Hooker, and, and uh, he was 16 years there. And then they had a change of ownership, whatever, whatever, and, and he joined us, and he is, he's a genius. Okay. Is staying in touch with your clients every week or every year still rated
0: as the number one priority in successfully listing property? And what is number two and three? And then next question that he's got is what new tools are available to help us in social media? So let's, uh, let's go through these uh, uh, quickly there, John. Let's talk about the first one. Is staying in, in, in
1: contact with every client, like this is basically a stay-in-touch strategy? Depends what segment of the client's hotel, I, I guess. Frequency is important, but you can contact people too much as well yeah. as too little. So I think if, I, if, if David were referring to, let's call past clients, people that have bought and sold in the past, my view is at least twice a year, some sort of um, verbal contact phone, ideally, uh, or even dropping in, would be good. Uh, I think that if you're doing that too regularly, people sort of start feeling like they're part of a prospecting plan. So I think a couple of times a year, every six months, just checking in, how's the family? Is everything going well? Just want to let you know of a couple of things that happen in the market you might be interested in. That sort of conversation where it's it's authentic, it's personal, and ideally it's value-add. So I'd do that. Um, other look, pipeline listings, I mean, by the way, they might be twice a day until they list because they might be on the verge of putting pen to paper. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, you don't want to miss out there. So I think you know the, the hotter the business, the closer it is, um, the more frequent you're going to be in contact so sometimes with my pipeline listings, I'll be making contact them three or four times a day. I know they're going to sign. I've got some value add. I'm chasing things up. And I'm texting. I'm calling. I'm emailing. So I call all of those contacts. Yeah.
0: John, I know a lot of real estate agents have a, a piece of paper called the PV, Potential Vendor Chase List. And that piece of paper has simply got the name, number an email of people that are going to list a property in the next 30 days and they have it with them everywhere. They have it stuck in their car. They have it in their wallet. They've got it on their cubicle because what they're thinking is every minute that I don't contact this person (laughs) is another minute I'm giving another agent an opportunity to show what they can do for them.
1: Nothing like texting a potential vendor at 6.45 in the morning, just saying, I was just thinking last night about our conversation. Um, Just, I think we could, you know, get the back garden styled, and I've put an email out to a colleague of mine, whatever. Yeah. Again, value add. First person in the morning to get in touch with them via an SMS. I mean, you wouldn't be ringing someone at 6:45, but you can certainly send a text or an email to show that you're the early bird, you're keen, and then you can get on the phone. You any time from probably eight o'clock onwards.
0: John, occasionally I've got to tell you, uh, if I wake up in the morning and there's a message that's been left at uh, 10:30 p.m. and I've woken up at five o'clock. It's the first person I call, and I'll say, just noticed, must have been urgent. I thought I'd get onto (laughs) your first thing. (laughs) I don't normally hear back again. (laughs) Joni, part two of the question from David is what new tools are available in social media? And I'll just, I'll start off on that one because David's actually responded to me putting this on social media. I actually said, we want some questions for Million Dollar Agent. Uh, David, the tool I used was Hootsuite. All I did is I went to Hootsuite, and it went to Facebook, it went to Twitter, and it went to LinkedIn.
1: So you put on Hootsuite and you press a button that says go to all my different platforms. Yeah, You can schedule it in.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, so I didn't search schedule it in, I just sort of went in and I said million dollar agent tomorrow morning, questions fire now. And I tipped t- t- uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. David came from LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say to uh, David, for me, uh, Hootsuite is something that I did three, four years ago, and it just means that you put in once, it's a bit like an, a, a portal push-up. You put it in one spot, and it goes to lots of portals. So I would say uh, look that's into that. Tip.
1: The, the other thing, Troy, I think it'd be fair to say, Instagram is the one that's really growing rapidly, yeah. and it lends itself well to our industry because it's a visual industry with design and architecture. So, I mean, uh, pay close attention to Instagram because that's the one shooting through as the fastest growing of the, the apps or the, sorry, the social media space. Troy,
0: could we give you a, a project for the next month? And the project is called Project Instagram Million Dollar Agent. And you're going to come back to us with the top, top
1: 10 tips on Instagram. Do we have an Instagram yeah, cool. site? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, for, not for million dollar agent. Sorry. No, exactly. yeah, no, Magrada. Yeah, Magrada. So, um, let's do, I think that's a great idea. I will. I will add to that though. One thing that I see constantly across the the industry as a whole is that people seem to be almost borderline spamming the audience. Yeah. yeah. So the value of the content that you're putting up needs to be real cut through. Yeah. So don't give us don't and relevant a, right and relevant. Yeah. Don't give something that they can find themselves. Give them an insight that they they can't see. So with Instagram, I wouldn't be using the traditional shots we have on a website. I'd be taking something else about that property that's really unique yeah. that you normally wouldn't use. Yeah. Well, let's in the let's have a look. Yeah. But they can't. You can't photograph me and Tom. They say we've got a great face for podcasts.
0: I've still got it in for that person. (laughs) It was last year. They said that we sounded good, but we
1: didn't look good. We like being behind the scenes because we don't look so good up close. Okay, John, I'm going to
0: do one final question. And uh, this question, this is a great one. What tips do you have for nurturing your sphere of influence or your connectors? Like we remember at a podcast, John, we did about three months ago, Marcus Cimonello said... We only need twelve real people in my database to have super focused on, because these twelve yeah, people yeah, yeah. connect me to a lot of listings. Right? Yes. So this is, and, and I know Matt LaHood Hood work centers of influence very good. He used yes. to have these sort of mastermind meetings. Seven or eight people a month. Yeah. Yep. So John, connectors, people that connect you to a
1: lot of business, are critical in 2015. just another name for center of influence, yeah. isn't or sphere of influence. So, look, I agree, Marcus. That's a great statement. If you have twelve strong connectors. Your real estate career should be explosive, yeah, and I agree with that, although you know you want twelve straight great connectors, and then you want you know a couple of hundred past clients, and then you want fifty hot buyers so there 's different groups of people, but if we 're focusing on the connectors, how do we make them rave? how do you make these connectors raving fans john uh, I think it 's around um, integrity and authenticity always whatever you 're doing you 've just got to be real because people have got the radar around salesmen and cheesiness and inauthenticity. People actually want to deal with the real deal. So I think you've just got to be yourself. Um, I think value-add, information and value-add. I mean, people are fascinated in the world of real estate, so they like to know what's upcoming, when there's been record sales, so I I would be doing that. And the other thing is, just just see them almost as friends, extensions of your friendship base. They might be friends more in a business category, But, you know, just go and have coffee, take them for lunch. You know, I'd love to grab you for breakfast next week. Tell me a morning that's great. Um, You know, remember their birthdays, anniversaries, all those sort of things that are just good connecting activities. Yeah. They're authentic. So I think just doing that, but I, I like the idea of having 10 connectors that can change your life yeah and having a list of them and as you said Tom you know stick the list on the passenger seat of your car yeah. and just you know every couple of days you drive you just ring one of the ten so you know you, you get to speak to them each uh, every week or two and and drop in uh, use their services if they're a cafe owner refer your friends I mean Matt LaHood with his um, car wash Troy I mean he's made legendary businessman. he he meets a lot of his clients at his car washes and he gives them car wash vouchers and if they've got an open for inspection on, he gives them more vouchers to go and get their car wash. Yeah. And he's found the car wash and the proprietor of the Crystal Car Wash is a great connection for him. So it's a connecting place and a connecting person. Yeah. And so you know, they always send him business and they see him doing business there. So I think support them in a business fashion is also really sensible. Absolutely. So I think, uh, John, I know
0: that someone asked me the question that said that I'm a connector. <laughs> for him. And um, the thing that I realized that he does really well and why I've remained a connect, I don't even realize, I mean, there's a word for it, but the reason I refer things to him is he does two things. Number one, he actually does good work. Yeah. So the people that actually get his service are raving. So They're that raving. makes me happy. So Makes I him feel good. Correct. And the second thing is he actually gives back work to me so yeah. the law of reciprocity I mean the fact is that occasionally he does things that uh, you know and we know that the law of reciprocity means that people it's, it's the, 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 the sense that if you give someone a gift there's this feeling oh, I'll have to give them a gift back next time. Or well, I'd like
1: to give them a gift back well, I mean, correct. It's not always about feeling that you know obligation Obligation, but it's sometimes like what a nice person. Well, Funny I'll just we'll finish this because I know Troy's waving telling us we're at our sort of end but I was driving up yesterday, Grant Simpson from is a new franchisee, he's just opened an office up in Rouse Hill and he's going great guns. So I popped up there to have a look at some of the new developments he was doing. And as I was coming off the uh, off the highway, I must have hit something on the road, there was something, I got a puncture and I'm, I'm you know, therefore going to be running late. And fortunately, a few hundred metres up the road, there was a petrol station, drove in and uh, the guy recognised me from Shark Tank, you know, he sort of said, oh, you're the guy from Shark Tank, you know, what do you need? And I said, look, I just need my tyre, I'm running a bit late. It was really good. At the end of it, I gave him a credit card. He wouldn't take the money. He said, no, no, no. He said, yeah, it's my pleasure. I was great. I want to tell my family you popped in here today or something lovely like that, which was great. Um, that was a gift for me. I'm going to send him back some stuff today because I really liked the fact that he's generous and he's kind. And He, you know, he gave me a gift in a way. Yeah. He helped me out of a difficult situation and then he refused to take payment. So I don't feel obliged, but I want to yeah. do that. And I think that's just a good... If, if you're helping people all day long, yeah. you get a win out of it, they yeah. get a win out of it, and they'll try and find a way to repay you. Yeah. So That's I think gold, yeah. John.
0: That, that, that is absolutely gold. And you hear so many stories, and I can't help it. I know we're running out of time, but I've got to tell you, the guy that takes me to the airport... Uh, Mick the cabbie, I call him, he said to me about, I asked him, who's his biggest client, and it's an exec for one of the, uh, I think, NEC or that. Here's the story. It was pouring down rain, his driver hadn't showed up, Mick was going, he wanted to go home, he saw this guy in a suit getting wet, he put him in the car, drove him, and the guy said, I really appreciate it, he goes... He goes, I hope I haven't put you out. He goes, no, it's all good. He goes, I've had a long shift and that. Anyway, the long and short of it is this guy here, Mick the Cabbie now, gets I think 50% of his income driving the executives from that company. Coming from overseas. Great story. Great story. So these moments of truth. Yeah, make an incredible difference to one's life. Going the extra mile. No, it's
1: yeah. great. Well, that's a good a good point to leave on. Yeah. So let's hope that uh, so that was valuable to the to the, our listeners. Yeah, I well, think so. And, and keep them coming in. So keep sending them to Tom's uh, email yeah. address. Yeah. So
0: just keep sending them in. I've got. We still got heaps of questions to go through. This is the end of this podcast, but we do give you a promise. In the next three four weeks, we're going to have a, a podcast dedicated to Instagram and our brains trust is gonna be of course none other than Troy Malcolm who's gonna do the research and development.
1: Let's check him out. Well the pressure's on, on. we're gonna hold you accountable, Troy. Okay. We'll see you next week. Thanks guys. Bye bye.